Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Caught Offside with Andrew Gundling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside. Just outside of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? Hey, what's up? You're going to have to be a careful boy tonight that you don't end up doing play-by-play and get us in trouble with the FCC for or whoever regulates that kind of thing for giving copyrighted material across the airways. Uh, my, I am distracted. Even what you just what you just said was hardly even Listen, listening. Hey, don't do that. I phase out on you, not the other way around. Yeah, but I have an excuse this time. What's yours for all the hundreds of times you just kind of glaze over and, and go off to some faraway land? I have in front of me right now, as we're recording this, we're going to talk, of course, about all of the UEFA Champions League action from earlier today and uh, the and on Tuesday. Uh, we'll go through all those. But, JJ, I have next to me, while we're recording right now, we're in the uh, – in the third minute of stoppage time of the first half in the CONCACAF Champions League between Atlas and the Philadelphia Union, Atlas have just scored Ugh. to tie it on aggregate. However, boy, it's I, I almost forget because of how the UEFA Champions League is now the impact of the away goal and <laughs> just what it means. It's enormous. Oh, my God. It's like a different sport. It's a crowd um, silencer. So the fact that uh, the Union got one from uh, Julian Carranza – just massive I, by the time you're listening to, I, i'm analyzing something that's stupid to analyze like this because you've all you all know by now what's happened but it's but funny know, I'm, I'm watching it as we speak and like i said atlas just scored seconds ago if, if the union could have just seen out the first half hmm. i mean my god this half jj has just been bat s crazy chances for both teams goals multiple goals now for atlas a goal for the union uh and Bizo living dangerously on a yellow card and then committing a foul that was kind of teetering on the edge chances chances blake huge save it's just been i mean this is i guess when you sit down to watch like this is what you want to see yeah but good lord the stress of it uh so the union right now in a in an unbelievable battle with atlas uh so i am I am in two places at once. I am my head is with you, but it is also uh, 
It is also with my phone, which is in front of me and this game. Well, half time, half times now. So, or it's about to be anyway. Well, I mean, if that game was, is end to end, it's not exactly what you can say about this slate of quarterfinals in the Champions League. I think we need some, some comebacks in the second leg or else we are looking at a, at the, for the first time in a long time, a fairly blah slate of Champions League knockout games. Yeah, same thing that we... Uh, oh, oh! Oh! Are you okay? Free kick from McGlynn, right I into thought... the box, headed on goal, but right at the keeper, and that is halftime. Okay, I'm back now. For the next <laughs> that, by, by the way, that all was very, very deep. It came deep in your, in your pelvic floor, the way you shot up like that. So I can't be too loud because I have multiple people in my house that are sleeping. Called um, your family, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like there's some <laughs> vagrants. <laughs> uh, there are the people. Door here. open again. There are people here, and they are sleeping. All right, it's halftime, so let's squeeze everything in in the next fifteen minutes. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of what you said, what we said about the round of sixteen too. That it was. I mean, it's not to say that the football is bad, but it, but the Champions League. For for everything about it, the one thing it always delivers in is drama. Yeah. Um, and look, that could still very well happen. Some of these are are still finely poised for dramatic second legs, but some of them, uh, some of the, the high profile ones, Real Madrid, Chelsea, Manchester City, Bayern, it's hard to see right now. And let's jump right into it, JJ. We'll start with, um, for us, what was most recent. We'll start with uh, Wednesday's game between Real Madrid and Chelsea. And... Uh, Boy, a frustrating one for Chelsea. If they were hoping for some kind of Lampard magic to take effect, uh, it did not. Although for for however many times Ray Hudson screams magic during a game, it doesn't it doesn't always conjure it up. I'd like for him to define for me what it means when he says magic. Like he just will suddenly say it, like a I, guy like nothing. Usually, you would say that after something magical has happened. He says you know, it before the magic. That's not the verbal tick I've noticed uh, that's come back into his presentation of these games. What I've noticed is you where once. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> like I thought that had gone away a little bit in his early days at CBS and now it is back full force. Full force. Um, the, the, the lead commentator is now getting what Phil Shane dealt with for nigh on a decade or more i know poor phil poor phil i mean everything. maybe he's although maybe he's watching this right now being like not my problem anymore he might be you know he i bet be. he misses it I bet oh, he misses he's it. on his sofa with a box of tissues and this used to be my playground <laughs> is playing in the background um I, I, in, interesting for me was some of our listeners who clearly have not like like psychopaths like we are all paid for all the streaming channels down the last five, six years, at least two of them did not know who was this man making all these wild metaphors. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know it was possible to not know that. Uh, it, 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 it absolutely is. Uh, uh, Nathan Pugh was one of the guys huh. um, who said, uh, and this one is dispatched as smooth as the back of a spoon. He doesn't razzle dazzle. He, he steers it like a Ferrari. He threads his needle with a rope. Who's the Scotsman on commentary? This guy is awesome. Scotsman for a start, which is <laughs> incredible. Um, yeah, so some people hadn't heard of uh, of Ray Hudson. Um, let me take you back to 2017, where Ray listened to a podcast of ours, where we did the Ray Hudson game show. 
where Andrew listed after a, a, a after a, a El Clasico, you listed a load of Ray phrases. I played the start of his simile. Yes. And then you had to, I gave you multiple choice as to what the finishing right. line of the simile was, and you had to guess what it was, and then we played the back half of it. I believe we called it Ray Hudson Jeopardy, or Ray Hudson Multiple Choice. I, I was listening today when I was watching the game after Zhao Felix's chance. What was it that he said? Defense, it was something like, stretched out like spandex on Miami Beach. It was something like that. And I was like, yeah. we got to bring the game back. I mean, this guy has not lost a step. We've got no. to bring the game back. Yeah. So I, I'm going to try between now and the end of the Champions League season. We'll try to see if we can get in one more uh, Ray Hudson Jeopardy before. So the end. he um, he responded to to us on Twitter to the to the link. He obviously listened, and I put in some stuff, some extra stuff, which was, you know, I suggested that if Phil Shane was at a bar chatting up a woman, oh. Phil, it's, Phil, it's a. Uh, hey, um, how's it going? My name's Phil. Oh, <laughs> and like every time, like Magic. you know, she, she put she put um, uh, she put her hand on his shoulder. Oh, danger here! You oh, know, magic. Like, you know, magic. Um, yeah, and and nice. so Ray listened to it and he said, "The two lads having a good laugh." Thumbs up. So yeah, he, I I took that as some kind of uh, approval. I mean, he, he follows us on Twitter, but he refuses to respond to my DMs to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> he approves to a point. He can only endorse it so much. All right, let's talk on, about let's talk game. about the game, JJ. A little bit of uh, meet the boss, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, except this time we mean that literally. Uh, and, I, and what I mean by that is this is from Opta tonight or, or in the game. It was the first time Chelsea had faced ten plus shots on target in a game since August of 2019 versus Liverpool. In and that was the second game of Frank Lampard's first spell as manager. Tonight, right. of course, being the second game of his second spell as manager. Um, look, it, it it didn't work tonight. I, I will say one thing before I get into, you know, the way things were set up. Thierry Henry did brilliant analysis of that Joao Felix miss. He was yeah. exercised by it. And it was, this is where, I mean, if, if people remember Henry's early time as a pundit with Sky Sports, it was like, all right, he's bringing style and swagger, but he's telling me nothing. Now, actually, in, in the comfort and relaxation of the Paramount Studios, he, he, he really gets into detail and he's fascinating. And what he said was, Joe Felix has to make that run across the defender. Uh, it was a Camavinga or whoever was Militao. tracking back. It was Eder Militao. Militao. Um, so he's got to get across him. And, and he's absolutely dead right. Go straight for the goal. Because that opens up the options that he'll be either be fouled or he's straight through. What he does is a cop-out. He goes to the, not a deliberate cop-out, but he, he goes to the right. Ball gets caught under his feet. He gets a shot off, fair enough. But it's at an angle that's easy for Courtois. Imagine Chelsea go 1-0 up in that. I think it's the, so I put in my notes that I, in hindsight, I believe that was the biggest moment of the game. Now, I'm not saying it's some, some like, vindication of Lampard's selection and that, oh, if only this came off. I mean, Chelsea were roundly and soundly beaten. And there was many times where Real Madrid could have scored, uh, you know, an additional goal uh, in, in, in this one. Um, so he added all the midfielders. What's the solution to this massive bloated squad we have where we can play 11 v 11 and then on another field 9 v 9 in training? Apparently that was happening under Potter, according to the Athletic. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Um, so they, he he lobbed in Conte, uh, he lobbed in Fernandez, uh, Kovacic in there as well, and then which, by the played... way, I, I should say, I don't have a problem with any of those. 
Um, no, but you can see what he was trying to do. But the problem yeah. was, I don't think that works when, like, that this team is anchored in terms of attack for so long by what Reese James and Ben Chilwell can do. And you're asking them to almost triple task because you've got a, a back a back three of Koulibaly, Thiago Silva, and Fofana. So there's there's obviously limitations there in terms of certainly in, in Thiago Silva's case of you got to cover a little bit for him. So you've got James and Chilwell, and as it turned out, that was the case with the Chilwell sending off where he's up the field and he, he's trying to get back. And he ends well, up- to me, that was Kukurea lost. He lost Rodrigo. Rodrigo just blew by Kukurea. He he put he just kind of shut off for a minute, and yeah, Chilwell right. was just trying to cover and make up for Kukurea's mistake. Right, but, but if you're playing four at the back, it's likely Chilwell will be ready for that, and he'll be on it and ready to go. No, it's fair. I'm not, I'm not picking on Chilwell. The only thing I'll pick on Chilwell for is, um, just let the guy have the shot. Ooh. It's not a it's not a clear angle. Andrew, yeah. you put you put your team down to ten men. It's way worse, um, as as Carragher said then. Than, than letting the shot off. I mean, Carher's thesis was, well, goalkeepers are there to at least try and stop something. Now, have I full faith that Aritza Balaga is going to stop that? No, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure of that at all. But I, I still think you let him You let him have the shot. Play the so percentages. I, so I put on my rundown, did Ben Showell die so Chelsea could live? Uh, you would disagree. You would disagree with that sentiment. I, I would. I mean, He died foolishly. Two... In yes. vain. <laughs> he did in vain. It was a, fo- a foolish death. Um, <laughs> But I'm just saying there was a lot asked to the the full or the the wide the wing backs in this in this setup and I mean Chelsea were fine. I well, guess. I'll say I'll say this about that decision from Frank. If he's asking a lot of those guys, um, uh, it's not. No, this is positions. This is positions they can play. Well, but that's I, the thing is they're two of the best in the league. I know. So if Frank is going to put a if he's going to put burden on two guys in a game like this against Real Madrid, where Burden's going to fall to somebody. I mean, Real Madrid are, the, are arguably the most dangerous team in this sport right now. So you're going to have to ask a lot from from someone. And he chose to ask a lot from his two wingbacks, one of whom in Ben Showell literally just got a new mega contract yesterday. Right. So, and Reese James, we regard as one of the best players at that position in Europe. So, class, yeah. But listen, but Andrew... <laughs> you know, Real Madrid are operating with like a, a front three... And two of those players are Rodrigo and Vinicius Jr. Like that, that naturally means that when they're quick and, and we know how good they are in transition, there's going to be gap spaces. And you're asking, a, you're asking a ton, an absolute ton of James and Chilwell. I well, think and in the I end, it didn't work because no, it didn't work. I mean, you could see this was a forgettable night for Wesley Fofana. Um, he was. He was under pressure constantly. He was yellow carded within the first five minutes. He did not have a good game. Vinicius, look, Vinicius is a nightmare. He is a nightmare to defend. He never stops. No, he's con- he's in constant motion. His runs are brilliant, uh, and I-, I think Fafana got an education somewhat uh, over the course of these ninety minutes, having to track that guy. It's impo- It's an impossible task. I don't, I don't know. I don't maybe do. maybe it's admirable, JJ, in, in kind of looking at this, that Chelsea, only, I mean, they played down a man for 30 minutes. They're playing against Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. Maybe we should actually be praising them for only having lost by two. Yeah, I guess so. And especially considering their troubles in front of goal as well, which... Um... Well, we're going. I, I believe it's now up over 400 minutes since they last scored a goal. I mean, what... And this is all season long. You can talk about... Is it Tuchel? 
uh, was it Potter, Lampard, whatever. Like obviously, there's something there's something more here. This this team, I think, what is it, 29 goals they've scored in the Premier League this season? Like this is there's just something fundamentally wrong right now with with these players. Did you the, see the managers um, have changed, and and this the results have remained the same in that respect. Did you see the Todd Meister got uh, interviewed uh, on the way from a hotel in London or something? Sky, Sky Gary Cotter, the Sky got stuck in. Yeah, he said we're going to beat him three nil. Yeah, he did. And he asked that he was asked, uh, "How would you evaluate the stewardship of the club so far?" Which, like, let's be honest, I won't say disaster. I will say very, very messy. And he was like, "You know, this is a long term process, and you know we're." We're optimistic for the future, you know, the usual corporate speak. And uh, yeah, the three nil to say it once was bad. To say it twice was don't don't do that, Todd. Yeah, I don't know yeah. stuff like that. I don't have a uh, whatever. He 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 owns the team. You can say what you can say that stuff. It's your you team. Do, you do love the overlord. You do love the rich man, don't you? The rich man can do whatever he wants. So, <laughs> I mean, he just said, "I think we're going to win three nil." Like, he's Don't a, say that, Todd. Whatever. <laughs> I could, I could honestly care less. If there's a hundred things about this game, that's a hundredth on my list. I don't want to alienate anyone called Todd, but Todd's a bad name to have in, in a public, a front facing. It's Todd. Todd's not a good name, is it? Uh, I don't know. I've never thought about that. If I met, if I told you who's like we're at a bar, right, and you said, "Oh, wh- which one of your friends has come along?" Todd. What's your initial reaction? And you've never heard of Todd before. I don't but, know. Just based on the name, does it? Is it not one of those names that triggers a response? Uh, for me, not really. I would say the names that I have. So the I don't love the name Rory. I find it hard to say. Wow. Like, I find it hard to say that name. Well, don't get ethnic on me here. Rory's no, my my mouth has struggles with it. I'm it's like I have like, like, like a mouth of like caramel. Like it's hard to open up and say it. Rory, Rory. Yeah, no, you do struggle. I can even see it in your face. It's hard for me. Um, so that's that's a name where I've sometimes thought about that. I don't know. I think sometimes it's just like your thought, your feelings on names are just by association. You don't like Todd Bowley. So no, you don't I, like the name Todd? No, no, no. It's not that I don't. I, ju- I just think it's a name that it conjures something in, in my brain. Okay. Yeah. A kind of a, I can see a Todd, you know? <laughs> and and also maybe American TV shows. Todd, the way it's dragged out, maybe that's part of it too. What show is that from? No idea. Okay, uh, that's what I thought. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to pitch now for it. Um, What's the deal with Todd? I'm going to pitch that going to see where it goes tuesdays on nbc it's the todd father with, <laughs> with some dad slow... with a dad shrugging his shoulders Sh- as while he... he slowly rotates yeah the todd father on nbc uh let's see where were we don't forget uh... to catch the todd father tonight where todd deals with some difficult issues around his son smoking pot <laughs> tonight on nbc uh cr- Al, I'll tell you what, that show just makes me laugh every week I see it. Oh, thanks, Chris. Third and ten. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it gets one season. One season. <laughs> uh, Jesus, where were we? Um, uh, so we we're moving on to Manchester City, Bayern Munich. No, not yes. yet. Yes. No, we haven't Come even mentioned on. anything about Real Madrid. 
We've only talked about Chelsea's shortcomings from yeah, this but game. You, you, I don't want this. The, we talk about Real Madrid so much. What's left to be said? Good side. You know what? You can't. You know they've got a bit of age, but they got a bit of youth. They've got that whole package, don't they? Oh well, then what are you going to say about Manchester City now? We talk I, about I, them every week and we praise them. I, all right, moving on. Uh, let's see. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't let's do go it. straight to the bottom of the rundown. Oh, we got no. a break. We got to fast forward right to the end now. No, tell me what you want to say about... No, go on. I was going to be... talk about their goals. They oh, scored okay. twice. We haven't even mentioned either goal. I apologize. Yeah. Go on. My God in heaven. Um, I mean, the first one... So what compounded the frustration of the, the Zhao Felix miss was that, like, how quickly it kind of came back the other way. And uh, Danny Carvajal, just like the ball he plays in over the top. Once again, it's Vinicius who's making that run, gets a foot on it. Kepa does all he can. I give him credit. He got a hand to it. His defense just wasn't there to bail him out. And it's Benzema who's always in the right place at the right time. He tucks it in. This, oh, JJ, I... This, I was just going to say that this was Benzema's 90th goal in this competition. But this is the stat that really blows me away. Because, you know, sometimes you say, eh, 90 goals, like, is he... The Champions League, for whatever for whatever greatness there is in this competition, is he padding his stats against some lower teams in the group mm. stage? This guy, all of his goals are everything. This was his 14th goal in his past nine knockout games. Like his goal, every goal he scores is is vital, priceless. I mean, just remembering back to last season's run. Now he's doing it again in this season's knockout stage. He is, my God. I mean, it's like when Ronaldo left. You, you you thought to yourself, okay, well, Benzema, he's good, but like, did, here we are years, like a few years later, obviously, and and we've now grown so accustomed to seeing it. The guy won a Ballon d'Or for God's sake, but he's just, he's unbelievable. Like I I knew he was great, but I just I didn't know he had this in him. He's God, he's such a difference maker. He, he's Incredible. absolutely he's absolutely class. Can I can I pose a question to you? I know he's he's wrong footed, etc. But he gets such a big hand. Could Kepa not have done better there? Oh, what are you asking him to do? But bat it not directly to Benzema. I mean, I think his all you can. I think all he can do there. I'm asking. Is just, by the way, I'm just. He, I've got to keep this out of the net, and and I'll I'll deal with tomorrow. Tomorrow, like hopefully, uh, I'll let me keep it out, and hopefully, you know, one of my defenders will be here to to knock it away or something. I don't know. I don't think he can. I think that's asking a lot. I I just do. All um, right. I'll leave it at that. No, Benzema, un- absolutely unbelievable. Um, also, and I, I again, I I think I wrote Tony Cruz's obituary two years ago, three years ago, maybe. Yeah. Class, Modric. Oh, uh, Modric yeah. is one of those where we need to hack him open right now for medical science. See what's going on in there. He he looks. He looks stunning. He looks as good as he ever was. And uh, and Valverde, I can watch him all day long. He's fa- he's absolutely fantastic. This whole team lived in the shadow of some pretty great Barcelona teams and laterally just everything Messi did. But it's kind of come into its own, even after Ronaldo. And I know they were very good under Ronaldo and they won lots of European Cups. Yeah, But I think they're even in some kind of weird sweet spot where even as much as they've inflicted pain on me and financial financial hardship, they are they are just they're just in a mode right now. And there was this moment that of coolness, pure coolness. 
where a ball is wellied out over the sideline and it comes to Car- Carlo Ancelotti, who himself was a brilliant professional footballer. We forget, we just talk about the manager. He was a great footballer, like all-time great in an all-time team. The ball comes over to him. He controls it, just pops it up in, in his suit pants and suit and his shoes, pops it up to himself, knees it once, knees it again, and pings it right back. And they showed it on the slow-mo. And because he's got that permanently raised eyebrow, it's, it looks all the more cool, as if like, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what I did. Effortless. Form is temporary. Class is permanent. I don't know. It just it just was a little vignette that summed everything up. They're, I don't know. How the hell they're not winning that league is a joke. <laughs> they're not even close to it. No. Nope. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we can move on now. The second Real Madrid goal, I thought it was very well worked. But I thought that one I thought was, it was a great finish from Asensio. No question about it. Take that first time. Vinicius picked them out perfectly. But, like, Chelsea are just asleep. Oh, like, I mean, like, like, they're completely switched off. I think Kukurea makes a half-hearted attempt to get across. Does Thiago Silva turn his back? Goes kind of whips through his legs or something. It was just, and but they're they're struggling because they're down to ten at that point. So Madrid can work the short corner easily because Chelsea are just like discombobulated from being down to ten men, and someone should have gone out, gone out with the runner for the for the short corner, but they didn't. And um, yeah, and know. that's the goal that kills you. Because, uh, like, had that not happened, I think my Chilwell question of if he died so Chelsea could live, I think the question would have been a little more difficult to answer. Like, I think you could have made a case. But because that goal happened, Real Madrid got that second goal anyway. Um, it feel, I mean, Frank Lampard, he said after the game that they're going to need one of the, you know, a big night at Stamford Bridge. Like, it's not down to, it's not insurmountable, but. Honestly, for for this Chelsea team who they don't score goals, they just don't, and Real Madrid do in bunches. Um, I mean, who's picking Chelsea? Like, who's no. picking them? Ah, uh, nobody. Like, genuinely, nobody. I, I can't see it. Big. We're looking for a big night at at uh, at the Bridge. Mm. I mean, he's right. It's literally what they need. But you just can't see it in, in your mind's eye. You can't visualize it, which is. Which is the problem? No, and they, you know, they they did have some chances. Like we said, they had the Jao Felix one, the uh, Raheem Sterling had one. Um, there was uh, right after the first goal for Real Madrid, Chelsea came right back downfield and scored, or, or almost scored. So they did generate at least some opportunities, maybe something they can build on. But uh, I don't, I don't see a way back. And I think Real Madrid are, are good for another one, two, or three more in the second leg. Um, so. But yeah, uh, so there you go. Moving on now to what you had mentioned before, Manchester City and Bayern Munich, 3-0 to Man City. Uh, just a just a great performance from City. I mean, it was tight for a while. The scoreline is, is maybe a little bit unfair mm-hmm. to, to how this one went. It was 1-0 for a long time, um, but then Bayern kind of started to come apart. Manchester City are just terribly ruthless. You make a mistake against them, and we'll talk about a player in a sec who made a, made a whole bunch um, but City are are just great, and this was one of the great European nights I thought of the Pep era for that club. Um, now well, there was there's one line with this that I want to get your comment on. So I was reading uh, Phil McNulty wrote about this game at the BBC, and he used the line about Manchester City with regards to this performance and just how they look in general. And he said 
you know, about City. They they faltered in the Champions League before, but then he used the line, quote, but this season feels different. Now, it's funny because I think I agree with him. Like, but by the same token, I'm sure that that same sentence could have been written about any number of previous Manchester City European campaigns before something went horribly wrong and they wound up crashing wound up crashing out prematurely. So they're kind of one of those clubs where for however great they are, like with Real Madrid, you like I've seen it. I will always believe that they're going to win this competition. But like City, PSG, there are certain clubs where like I'm I'm going to kind of for however great they are, I'm going to sort of need to see it before I I dive all in and really believe. I, I mean, so basically your problem is they just haven't won it yet. Basically. Well, they, and, but not just that, JJ, they've only gotten close once. City have only been to a final once. And yeah. they've been great far more years than that. So yeah. I mean, like, we, they, we, they've we, stumbled against Lyon, against Tottenham, like yeah. you know, teams that they should they should be beating routinely. Like well, I mean, you can say they stumbled last year as well against Real Madrid when they should have won that title. You're right, they, they had that. They had that wrapped up essentially. Um uh, yeah, but the, like, let's not pretend last night was really particularly close. On the XG, it was 2.23 to City, 0.87 to Bayern Munich. Um, I thought City were great. I, I really did. I, I thought they were fantastic. Um, Haaland, when he, when, he didn't, when he wasn't scoring that really tidy finish, mm. um, he's putting in a cross for Bernardo for what was a really great header. Um, Ruben Diaz at the back, just a brilliant, brilliant block on Musiala to, to kind of shut things out. And he was generally imperious. And even the way, if you were to point at a period where Bern were in the game, that's all kind of wiped away when Rodri hits it with the left, just hits it with the swinger. Good old fashioned worldy. Oh, whips it right into the top corner. Just sets the, the whole game up then for City. Um, John Stones at the back in, in what Carragher was calling like a kind of a hybrid role where he's stepping into midfield much, much more. So he's like a quasi midfielder. Um, just, I, I, I thought they were, um, I thought they were brilliant. I thought I, probably a word for Grealish as well. Who's in his best vein of form for Manchester I, city. I, I, I love that guy. I, I can't hide it any longer. He's one of my people. You know how I have my list of my, my Charlie Austin list of people. He's, I, the, um, he's the captain of that team. I love I, his game and I love that he's rounding into that, form now i um i think he's great i am desperate absolutely desperate to just have an interview with him because he gives great interview he's just so candid and honest but i only want to talk home alone with him i don't actually want to talk soccer i want to do I want like to... a like a, a full breakdown with jack Grealish about home alone you know he's a... obsessed with it Oh, he is. Yeah, I've a I've a list of questions. Home Alone would be at the bottom of that list, but I I'd, I'd sure love to chat to him about it. And well, yeah, um, you could cede the floor to me after about fifteen minutes, and I'll see, take it from I, there. I don't know who his girlfriend is, but can you imagine like the childlike wonder of escorting Jack Grealish through New York City? He's got a break from football. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to think about his positioning all the bloody time. And where he is in relation to the ball, on and off the ball, um. But uh, one thing I one thing I did notice was that uh, he was such a befuddled figure at the end of last season. Like he's picking up his Premier League winners' medal, he's talking to Sky Sports guys, and he's he's just kind of like a guy who's finished a long exam, 
Do you remember the last exam you did in college and you're off for the summer and you're like this mixture of elated but tired and, and, and almost confused? That was him because he was being fed all this pep formation right into his brain tank. And it was way more than he's ever been given. You can tell that. But he never got that at Villa. <laughs> Not from a single manager did he get this amount of detail. But no, right. it was kind of like the uh, the Zach Galifianakis meme from The Hangover when he's at the the poker t- or the blackjack table. You've seen yeah. that, right? Where he's like all, all the, they show you all the calculations going through his brain as he's trying to count cards. <laughs> like, pi, pi. The calculation for pi <laughs> comes across his eyes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I, absolutely like that. And now you see him, and you see him in the game. I and you see those little things, like the way he shuts off the passing lanes now. Like, so if you're up a Meccano or any one of those defenders, it's not just a case of pressing and getting there quickly and aggressively and winning the ball. It's not about that even. It's about making sure that the defender can't see the pass into midfield that's behind him. And and, and all the time you can see Grealish doing these things now. Um, yeah. and, and yet he is not a guaranteed starter for England. Yeah, I mean that's. I don't want to go down that road again. That's been weird for a while, but it's become it's becoming. If if Grealish is going to be in this kind of form, then I don't know. But also, I don't doing, know what else he has also, to do. Also, able to take on instruction like that. The whole thing yeah. was that well, Southgate can't play him because you know he won't do those things. Southgate's like, yeah, he will. He Just does tell everything. Him. I mean, the the, tell him. the way he set up the second goal tonight. Like you said, he shut down the passing lane and then stripped Upamancano, who was a disaster in this game. Back healed perfectly to Holland. It was just like all of it. It was just a thing of beauty. Um, it's interesting, JJ. You talk all the time about uh, Pep. And in classic Pep fashion, as you always point out, he pointed out again afterwards that he was, quote, emotionally destroyed from this game. And they won 3-0. Yeah, I don't and know like it got that. me thinking. Like it, it, I, I'm thinking back over the years of Pep and those comments, and it feels like the more they, the more goals they win by, the more effusive he is in his praise of the opposition. Now, well, what is what is behind that? Uh, uh, so there's What's a his game of, there. There's a couple of things behind that. He's bombarded constantly with the idea that what Manchester City are is unfair. Now, I'm not going to get into the wrongs or rights of that. So he's always justifying his own existence there. And that it's not that the money has created this. It's that he's created it. And he wants to send, create a sense of constant jeopardy that, hey, we don't know what's going to happen here, man. Like, we're just going in. We're just another team. That's what he, that's what he wants because he's pushing against the idea that this team is built for him and everything's being done for him. We can, I'm not debating the merits of that argument tonight or not, but it, okay. it is right there. You see how, how uh, huffy he gets when, when, when people talk about money. If you think this is all money, fine. Can we have a mock press conference right now, JJ? Sure. Okay. You'll be Pep. Okay. Uh, Pep, you, uh, in the, in, in the FA Cup, Tonight, you defeated um, Dagenham and Redbridge uh, 12-0. Can you talk a little bit about the uh, the opponent? So, so good. Uh, Dagenham, he's, he's pressing, he's pushing, he's causing problems everywhere, everywhere. So, so tough, so, so hard. That's basically the way, and like part of it is that defense mechanism. Um like, there's no way you can come out of that game and say it was emotionally destroying, unless 
it's that he's destroyed that he's playing against his old club that he has great love for. And I that, was, that was not what I took it as. Nah, I took I, it as this, it was an exhaustive experience. And like I said at the start of this, I do believe that the scoreline was a little bit unfair to Bayern. Mm. Um, I know what you said about you know they, their abundance of chances was not necessarily there. But City, it was a little tight for City too until until it wasn't. Until Upamecano made a terrible mistake. But you know until then, like I thought the same way I thought Joao Felix and that missed opportunity for Chelsea early on was maybe the biggest moment of that match. I thought similarly about the block that Ruben Diaz had on Musiala's chance. Yeah. That's a, that was as important as any goal that Manchester City scored in this game. That's going in. But the fact it, that we've the fact that we've repeated that chance twice, once me and now you, suggests a paucity of chances, Andrew. Not a not an abundance of chances. Uh, like here's another one for it. If Sommer Sommer makes a save, I think it's the first half, second half, I can't remember, uh, which is a really good save from a header, tips it over. He makes a save in the second half from Rodri. That's about as spectacular a save as you'll see. It's flying into the roof of the net, and he gets up, and he puts it over the bar. That's 5-0. Okay? So I, I, I just thought City were imperious, and I thought they were just like miles better than Bear. I think you're imperious. Thank you. Um, a couple other uh, heroes from this one. I mean, we mentioned Erling Holland. Um, I'm going to continue my victory lap for the remainder of this season. Why? Uh, for all the fools out there who don't think that City are are any good with him in the lineup, it's it's really exposed a lot of people. JJ, it's it's sad to see to see some people um, just in this state where they where they can't see what is so obvious. 45 goals now. Uh, in all competitions for Holland. No one has done that in the Premier League era. He passed Mo Salah and Ruud van Nistelrooy, who were both at 44. Dixie Dean did it. JJ, you know the rules here. Yes, I know. Football was invented in 1992. Correct. By Sir Alan Sugar. (laughs) And some of his mates. By the way, for, for Holland to reach Dean, so if they go the distance in all competitions... I believe the stat I saw is they'll he'll have 15 more games. Can he'll you need, imagine? And he'll need 18 to get there. Can you imagine Everton relegated and Dixie Dean's record obliterated? Like, would they seriously just think, let's fold Everton football? <laughs> We've had our time. Let's box it up. We're out of here. Wow. Yeah, that would be sad. But he's just, I mean, he's just such a absolute monster and um the 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 goal that he set up i mean just like inch perfect pass to bernardo silva who was very good in his own right in this game what a pesky little player he is but boy he, he's i thought he had an excellent game bernardo silva but then holland again with, with his finish which is just perfect um he probably could have he had a chance in the first half too which like um i think it was clive tildesley who said for him that's a really poor attempt because like anytime you see Holland in any sort of space, you just sort of think, oh, here we go. But he kind of dribbled it on net, didn't hit it cleanly. Allow uh, but... me to be Tommy Timekeeper. Uh, we need to get on to, to, to Bayern Munich because things aren't great there. Um, Bayern Munich, where to begin? Where to begin? Uh, it's been it's been a pretty tumultuous few weeks at, at a club that is usually one of the pictures of stability. Um Nagelsmann fired unexpectedly. Bayern knocked out of the German Cup, hammered by Man City. And then we come to find out afterwards, Sadio Mane punches Leroy Sané in the face. 
let's start with that one. Actually, there's a lot of that going on in sports right now. Didn't yeah. Rudy, Rudy Joubert had a bit of a? That's one way of pronouncing it, but Rudy Gobert. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You... Okay, sorry. Jeez. <laughs> Apparently, he uh, his teammate or captain called him a, <laughs> and uh, and and he decided that the only way to respond to that is to to not be a B and to punch back. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of that, a lot so of this have, going on. Sky Sports we... said afterwards, after landing back in Munich, Mane, who was a substitute for the tie, was picked up privately from the airport while Sané took the team bus. Um, look, I don't know, I don't know the particulars of why this happened. You can no, see really, them arguing right. on the field late in the game. Um, so obviously, something game related carried over into the locker room afterwards. But we don't know exactly what was said. Who's right? Who's wrong? I don't know. Here's what I do know. Uh, Thomas Tuchel, Thomas Tuchel has to do something here. Mane has to be suspended. He has yeah, to be. Yeah, you can't go around punching people in the face. No. Uh, apparently, nice. Sunday's lip lip was left bloody afterwards. Oof. Was the report? But I I don't care about any like punches happen. They happen in teams. Um, you have to deal with them internally. I, I mean, if the two guys can just like shake hands over or whatever, there's no need to take any further action. Yeah, I, I, think. I think Mane needs to be suspended for a game. I don't think so. Um, Conduct detrimental to the team, absolutely. By no, the way, it, for what it's worth, he he's not even like he's not even playing for this team. How is that? Mm-hmm. He's like a he's like a bit part now, substitute player for Bayern Munich. I need to know what happened first before I can be Judge Judy. The fact it tells me at least it it tells me something that Sane traveled back with the team and Mane did not. Hmm. That tells me that's a, a small window into the details of the situation. I wonder, is there anything simmering from their respective times in the Northwest? You know, I is that I an angle? Know. I don't know. It feels like that. That's kind of all. I mean, Leroy Sané has been at Bayern for what, three years now? Mm. Um, I'm I just I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm you. curious, too. I would love to know what happened, but uh, it, details are probably going to be. We may never get the full story here. Um, I told you about I, the I time know, I kicked the ball. To, I told you about the time I kicked the ball to Sané at, at Manchester City training in Orangeburg, New York, and uh, he just looked at me like I was subhuman scum. <laughs> just... Why would he do that? I don't know. He, he was walking off the field, and me, Aaron West. Well, I, I just Aaron West was working for some company anyway. And they were they were kicking around with the city players, and I'm unable not to kick around. I just have to be involved. So we're just all flicking the ball around, and there's me, Phil Foden, um, Beram Diaz was there as well, and uh, they're like two children, like, and they are children, <laughs> and um, and they're just messing around, and we're all messing around, and then. Sane comes walking from the distance from the other from the serious men training and I just roll the ball into his path and uh, he he doesn't even attempt to touch it he just scowls at me and I'm like alright okay now it's time to go home good for him and then I, I, I had a I struck up a conversation with assistant manager Brian Kidd European Cup winner with Manchester United Alex Ferguson's num- former number two when they won the league you know serious serious name in the game and um I wanted to talk to him about Fergie and all he wanted to talk to him about was Ireland. So. Hmm. Anyway. Interesting. Um, down memory lane there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Upa Meccano before he had a rough one. 
Um, yes. And, and you asked me, um, and look, 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 I agree with what people are saying. Center halves can, especially against City, you can just have nightmares. And like, I don't, if there was a list drawn up tomorrow of like top center backs that could, could end up at any club, you know, they're much, much vaunted, much looked, looked after. He, he would be one of those. Um, I don't think he's as good as, as everyone thinks or that the hype that was around him, but putting that to the side, he just had a, just a stinker. Yeah. An absolute stinker. Now you asked the question, any other memorably bad games come to mind for you? Like, are you talking about center backs individually? Cause I got two belters here. Uh, go ahead. Deep cuts. Um, Vidic versus Torres, mm. uh, March, 2009, Old Trafford. The number that Torres did on Vidic that day, it was a 4-1 win for Liverpool, was, I mean, criminal. Torres should have been arrested and taken away for what he did to Vidic. So he, he there's a long ball over the top in the first goal. He murders him for that. He gets murdered then on the second goal, I think, um, out of position. And then in the second half, he gets a red card and sent off for dragging back either Gerrard or Torres again. Not sure. Okay. Just sent off. And I... If you were a Man United fan, you were just, oh, thank God. Just get him off. He's just having an absolute stinker. And we know Vidic was was a fine Class, footballer. Great player. Yeah. And then there was uh, a lesser known. Uh, this was the 2001, again at Old Trafford, Manchester United beating Arsenal 6-1. Hmm. Dwight York was rampant that day, Roy Keane too. Igor Stepanovs played center back. He was like, he was like your number third, your third string center back. And he'd been playing a few minutes and he got parachuted in for this one. And everybody remembers the game for United winning 6-1, Dwight York's performance, and Igor Stepanov's, he was a Latvian centre-back, just looking absolutely, absolutely flipping lost. And it was the early game as well. So it's the big, big sky game. It's the, it's the, it's the marquee game of the weekend. And, um, and Stepanov's had a few appearances the following season and then we never heard of him again. Huh. That's that's a shame. Um, let me think. I'm trying to think if I. Have I can any. think of one. Kane against Lovren is one that Je- comes to mind. That Jeff was a- Cameron against Costa Rica at Red Bull Arena, <laughs> September 2017. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, how about Vout Fez Fez this year for Leicester City with his uh, <laughs> double own goal game? <laughs> That's why I mean you when you, and they were gorgeous own goals. Oh, su- like like what 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 can be like the Puskas for own goals? Oh, superb! He yeah. he he sliced one and with the kind of geometry that would make you think he's a wizard, <laughs> like a ball that's coming straight at him. How he made it loop in the air and go behind him was like was like certainly yeah. Stuff. Very very Omar Gonzalez versus Trinidad. That is, without doubt, one of the freakiest goals you'll ever see in all your life. Yeah. 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 What a time he picked for it. Yeah. Let's leave it. Just leave it. Okay? Come on. Come on. <laughs> um, Remember what your therapist said. Yeah, I know. Um, how Now, it should be noted that Upa Meccano was not alone. Talk, once again, going back to Thierry Henry for his breakdowns, he did another great breakdown of, of the Rodri goal. And Serge Gnabry, who just, he's with Rodri. And then he just kind of wanders away aimlessly, no real point or purpose to where it. he's going. Just and then, can't have it. And then Rodri, next thing you know, is in space and has the opportunity to do that. If Gnabry stays with him or at least near him, then that goal never happens. But he just wanders off. La-di-da-di-da. Oh, we're down a goal now. 
you can't you can't do it. You just can't do it. Um, one of the the interesting things that uh, Carragher was talking about in European football was the difference between the Premier League and then going into Europe was he he said you feel as if the game is so slow, so so slow in Europe, and then the next thing there's a flurry of passes and someone's in. Like the tempo is so different. It's undulating. It's up. It's down. It's not full pelt like we like we perceive the Premier League to be, I think oh. would be the best way to say because I'm not sure that's true anymore. It's imperious. No, you've used oh. it out of context. Oh, oh. I just want to... Uh, do you like just trying to fit in. Do you like when I use words? <laughs> I do. I do. I you learn. Do like, this is how you, I learn. You do like that. Do you think I use too many words? I think you use an imperious amount of words. I want you to stop saying imperious now. Oh. But anyway, point being, yeah, uh, yeah the, just the the way the game goes, you have to be completely switched on all the time. And uh, and Gnabry just goes goes a-wandering. The mind yeah. goes a-wandering, Andy, just like when you start talking about Philadelphia Union. We all phase out. Boy, they are really hanging on for dear life. Are they? I got to give him Baizo credit. He finally just came out. You could tell between the heat and the altitude of this game and how much he's run, and he's done this all on a yellow card, and the pressure has been constant. I don't know. It it feels like another Atlas goal is coming, but we'll see. Well, you'll have already seen. Uh, JJ, we said before that we don't necessarily see a way back for Chelsea down two. Bayern? No. Is it, a, is it a different story because it's Bayern? Unless there's a bout of Pep Brain, Pep Brain suddenly comes back in, uh, or there's uh, here. Put it this way: if Byron get an early one, a super early one at the uh, at the uh, at the Allianz, score early, mm-hmm. crowd into it, crowd into it, real feverish crowd. Maybe City, there's a few errors or whatever. Maybe, but the way I feel about it right now watching that and that's all we can go on not a chance okay well here here's the the question of the pod one of the great questions ever asked okay which comeback is more likely to occur Bayern down three versus City or Chelsea down two versus Real Madrid I was I mean after what I said it's still Bayern Bayern it's more likely based on based on Bayern uh as bad as they've been, et cetera, but based on what they can do, based on their managers now mm-hmm. versus the other setup for Chelsea, then I, I don't think that's, that's not a, it's not a difficult question. Pep 14 nil over Stevenage today in the FA cup. Uh, your thoughts. Lots of mouth noises. Uh, Stevenage. Um, so, so tough, a strong, physical uh, run, 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 run. Um, we had to come in, we relaxed, we drink water. Yeah. You know, so, so hard. So, so hard. Emotionally, are you uh, destroyed? Sure am. Yes, destroyed. Destroyed. Uh, let's see. Quickly now, uh, the other Champions League matchups. AC Milan and Napoli. Uh, 1-0 to AC Milan. Hmm. Wow. Um this is one where Napoli, they had, they certainly had their chances. An absolutely ridiculous chance in the first minute. That's, I mean, we're talk. If we're going to talk about Joao Felix, we have to talk about Kavaritskaya's chance. That is, 
it's a it's an open goal. Now there's two defenders. Well, but it uh, but it wasn't though. Well, he, he's got to he, just leather that, and he kind of side foots it a bit, and it's it's cleared off the line. It's such a good good chance. Um, the the by the way, the XG for this one was AC Milan one point two eight, Napoli one point six one. The yeah. standard of chance after that early one was not that good, considering the amount of ball that Napoli had. Um, but the uh, the Benacer goal was after a great run by the aforementioned uh, Brahim Diaz. Yeah, um, really good move to break the lines, get on the uh, get on the on get on transition for um, for AC Milan. He split two defenders like seventy yards from goal, yeah. and the whole field opened up. The whole thing of him. opened up, and I mean that's obviously the way Milan are not as good a team in term in, in keeping possession as as Napoli are. Although they they've oh, won. and the Union have done it. Oh, for God's sake! You give me a heart attack. Oh, you absolute dip! Oh God, don't do that. Who scored? Oh, oh. <laughs> don't tell me it's ruled out now. Uh, yes, but I don't know why. Was that worth oh. it? Well, let's see. Their first goal was was initially ruled offside, and then VAR overturned it. I I can't keep... I, like. You doing play by play like this is just this is this doesn't make for good audio, especially that shrieking and shouting. Hope he, no one crashed their car there because of you. I think he's on side. I think, think he's on. I, is there var in this? They're, they're uh, in this looking at it as we speak. All right, they're looking I, at it as we speak. I think he's on. Okay, let me let me get back to this game. Um, so obviously the Anguissa red is not good news. Uh, they definitely he's missed... on. It's a goal. Okay. okay. Brilliant. 1-1. One, one. Class. They missed Oshiman. 1-1. One, one. Uh, anyway. What is it? Uh, on aggregate, 3-2. On the night, 2-2. Two, two. Oh, 2-2. Two, two. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, uh, they missed Oshiman, obviously. Yeah. Um, Simeone picked up uh, an injury against Lecce, I read. And then um, they didn't start Raspadori, but they started Elmas. I... Well, False nine, I don't know, but he that didn't work out. He came close with a header in the second half, but not not even that close. I mean, how many chances did Di Lorenzo have? He had one picked out of the top. Mannion was incredible in goal. He he, yeah, put a hand up and stopped a Di Lorenzo chance. Di Lorenzo had a, I think, a header, uh, that that went just uh over the bar. Um, I mean, it felt like time and his name was being called out time and time yeah. again. I mean, uh, and, and the pro- thing too for Napoli that was interesting, JJ. We'll get to the the. The red card, the, the sending off for Zambo and Guisa, but um, Napoli did not look much different post red card as they did pre red card. Like it was, they still were threat just as threatening as they were with ten men, with eleven men as they were with ten. Yeah, which is not I mean, easy. No, I just, I, I just wonder, is it with the the kind of the weight of the league now on the line for them and everything? Are they just going to limp? limp out of this this tournament I, it's great that it's going back to naples to the to the maradona i mean that's that's going to be some night there i expect that place to be absolutely packed especially with them needing a goal and the way yeah. that they can play uh boy i hope Osimhen is back in time i really really would like not, not that i'm rooting against ac milan i just want to see the best version of napoli agreed um, and he is i mean god he's obviously such a huge part of that and it's just like Milan are they're fine, but they're not. 
they're not as as they haven't been as entertaining or as interesting as as Napoli. So you kind of want them to go through. But it's, I mean, it's right now it's it's in their favor. But I I feel like if if I was going to target the game where there should be some drama, that'll be the one. Yes, agreed. Either that or AC Milan sit in and they're just absolute dog. I don't know that Napoli will allow that though. I think Napoli will dictate play. The, the way that game is played more than AC Milan will be able to stifle it. You might be right. Um, I, I, but again, Osiman is a big part of that. Um, obviously, they will not have Andre Frank, Zembo, and Guisa. Two yellow cards, JJ, in the span of four minutes. Both fouls against Teo Hernandez. Um, the second one, like, you just have, you got to kind of be aware when you're on that yellow, especially in this competition. Like, you just, I don't know. It's easy for me to sit here and tell a guy you just can't do that. But like you raise, raising a boot like that with a player kind of maybe he doesn't see Teo Hernandez is entering the, his peripheral vision. I, I don't know, but it's just reckless. It was I don't have any problem whatsoever with either call. I think they were both right. And that was a big blow. Um, you know, he's maybe not as important as an Osiman or someone like that, but he's he's a, a staple of this team. So it's, yeah, it was, they didn't need that. They certainly did not need that down a goal already. Um, but one one thing about AC Milan, because we talk a lot about Napoli and, and how fun they can be to watch. And you're right, AC Milan are different. Um, Napoli are one of the most fun teams in the world. It's not fair to compare anyone necessarily to the way that they play. However, I will say this. There is one player who the more I've watched AC Milan over the course of this tournament has convinced me that I'd, I'd, I'd take that guy on, on almost any team. Rafael Leao is a great player. Yeah. I mean, there was a run he made, I think it was in the first half, where they were just, again, they were they were camped. Napoli were camped in the Milan half, and they needed someone to break lines and get out. And he carried the ball all the way up the field, holding off a defender. He's, yeah, he's a very good footballer. Yeah, made the pass to Benacer for uh, yeah, and for we should goal. mention that that car hit the hit the crossbar as well. Sure so did, hit the hell out of it. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, uh, and then finally Benfica and Inter Milan two nil to the visitors. Um, this one, as this we are, one, we are steamrolling towards a Milan derby in a, in the semifinal. Can you even imagine if that happens? Yeah, I don't want it to happen because I've been so in on Benfica and Napoli, but it, Benfica kind of. Didn't really happen for them. Um, hard to see a way back with two goals for Milan, and then it's going back to the San Siro. Bastoni's cross for the goal is about, for the first goal, is about as good a cross you're going to see. Yeah. Abs- phenomenal. Yeah, can't can't pick it out much better than that. No, the way he's whipped it across on the run, just delivered it right onto the head. Perfect, perfect cross. Um, and then there's Joe Mario's handball. Uh, mm. So Christine Uncle was on um, Paramount Plus, made the case for, you know, being outside the silhouette, et cetera, et cetera. Your arm goes up like that. Ah, to me, it's just, I, I don't love it. <laughs> don't love it in the I sense of love- that that is a handball. I mean, because she basically is telling you, look, if we're going to follow the rules here, like you can love it or not love it. But if, if we're going to be playing by the rules, it is a handball. Yeah, I know. But I just, I hate, I hate p- potentially seeing a tie decided that way. And and that's what's happened there. Like he's jumped. I know his arm goes up. Should it be up there? 
Probably not. No, no. I, I'm, I don't know. I know that they're on the CBS set. I know there was a little bit of disagreement. Look, I don't want the, yeah, I don't, I don't want a Champions League quarterfinal tie to kind of be sullied in some way by uh, a handball decision. But like, if I had to pick a side, I think, I think we've seen enough of these given like the, just in this day and age, it is. It's just it's a handball. I don't even know that I see it as a super controversial decision. Um, but I, I'm kind of mad that it happened. I would have liked this. You know, I think really highly of Benfica. I would have liked to have seen a really competitive second leg, and we may still get one. But I would have felt a lot differently about it at one nil at the San Siro than I would Benfica needing two going on the road. I think that's that's going to be a tough tough order for them. Uh, tough also was the conversation they had. Um in the Paramount studio with Thierry Henry and uh, Mika Richards afterwards, uh, when they were talking about Lukaku, they were talking about the racist abuse he's been taking in Italy. That's come to the fore again recently. Um, I think if you can, if you can find it on their socials and watch it, it was, it was really good. There was um, a lot of strong words from Thierry Henry wants more done by referees. He believes they have more power and that they're not doing enough. Um, Doesn't really have any more interest in the, in the, anti-racism banners and all the kind of hoopla yeah, that goes yeah. before games. He's just so tired of it because it's he feels it's meaningless and it's not being acted upon uh, in the correct manner. So that that was an interesting conversation that they had in the studio and um, a tense one too, quite tense because Henri was... Um, I mean, Henri, the way he spoke about Italy and playing Italian football, if you're, if you're black, why would you play in Syria? Like, apart from that's the way you're going to make your wages... And and apart from why shouldn't you, you have every right to. Apart from those right. factors, the the abuse is um is widespread. He said he got it everywhere he went. That is really that is really sad to hear. Now yeah. I'll tell you what. We'll go ahead. We'll take a break. When we come back, I mean, it's not just there. It's not just there. It no. happened. It happened pretty close to home as well. Uh, we'll talk about that. Some other things as well. Jesse Marsh in the news until he wasn't. Uh, mm. We'll get into some of that. So there's still still a couple more things to do here on Caught Offside. Don't go anywhere. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Oh, back now. Caught offside. Last bit, real real quick before you go, last bit that I'll say about this uh, union game that I'm watching here. 
Um, I'm so, I'm sorry that this is bothering you. Um, the union's ability in this, like, it's becoming, it's becoming harder and harder for me to sit here and mock the cockacaffiness of some of these other clubs around North America when this club that I support is a, can be as cockacaffy as any of them. Right. Every time I look down at the screen, there's there's a player for I mean they're time wasting the hell out of this game and they have been for like for pretty much the whole second half it feels like. I mean I haven't been able to obviously I'm doing this podcast so I haven't been able to watch as closely maybe like it's just coincidence every time I look down but like they like I I've said before Jose Martinez he's as CONCACAF a player as there is in all of CONCACAF and he plays for the union. Um you know so like yeah they they know how they know how to play these games just like anyone else does, and uh, yeah, maybe that's what it takes to 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 be good in this part of the world. You got to kind of know those games. Yeah, maybe, so, maybe. It looks looks like they're steamrolling now towards the semifinal. I've a uh, couple of things. First of all, uh, we have merch <gasps> samples arriving uh, early next week. Now, so- I have I have actually not seen these. No, like, you not have even not. no kind of like mock up. Or no, like you're, you're out of the loop because you <laughs> a are so busy. B, I am pretty much the business manager. Let's be honest. And right, right, right. But are you the fashion manager? Like, well, can I just like blindly trust your idea of what is cool? I am going to put them in front of people who are fashionable and younger than both of us, and let them see what they think. Now they're they're t-shirts, so we're going to start out with some t-shirts. We're going to be able to get those out to you hopefully soon, and. um Great way to support the podcast and and a whole and and a great thing to have for the summer. Rocking yeah. your caught offside pod T-shirt around the place. That is uh, that is the dream, ain't it? And then uh, we, I think we're gonna have, I think we have an advert next week, Andrew. That I think the our listeners and the animals should get involved in as well. So yeah, a very well timed one because Father's Day is not too far off, and right. it's kind of a gift. Well, I don't know actually. Now that I think about it, is this a gift you would give your dad? <laughs> Well, well, we'll see. You can all decide. I think you would. Your, you can all decide for yourself next and, week. When and we also, win. if your dad dates a lot, because you know he might, he will definitely need need this uh, need this uh, item or selection of items. Actually, um, just going. For, the animals have an all timer here from the Reddit page. By the way, you should get over there. Join Newman and his slew of men and women, and mostly men, I would think, uh, on Reddit uh, at. Uh, or forward slash caught offside. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Moondog. I've noticed a lot more art references in the pod lately, usually as a metaphor for a lack of understanding, but I can't complain. Most recent was <laughs> Andy Warhol's soup cans, which was just the last episode. I was an art handler in NYC for a bit. One day we were at a famous, won't name them, gallery. Me and my co-worker dude, Anto, brackets Irish guy, we're bringing down a box with a $25 million Andy Warhol. Oh my. The gallery forgot to tape the bottom of the box. When we picked the box up to put it in the truck, the bottom fell out and the Warhol went right into a puddle. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> the gallery was like, just bring that back up and let's never talk about it. This didn't happen. I mean, it would be... A and then Anto stroke. disappeared a week it later. It would be a serious stroke of luck if it was War- Warhol's less well-known Wellington boot. 
because if at least if that goes in the puddle, who's going to notice? Um, brilliant. But it just goes to show you, it's like, oh, doesn't matter. Yeah. It's Warhol. Everyone's going to think it's great. It's still going to be worth $25 million, even if it's been in a puddle. Yeah. Relax. Yeah, no, it. It's true. It's That's true. an all-timer, though. Imagine dropping something as yeah. precious in the art community into the... Wow. A $25 million painting. That's unbelievable. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> in a puddle. How much is the soup cans worth? I'm going to check that out. Oh, my God. I mean, if... I don't know. Am I crazy to say it's like a hundred million? Let's see. Let's see. This is not my wheelhouse. I should note. Oh, 11.8 million. Oh, okay. I don't know what I'm talking about. So what, wait, what Warhol painting is $14 million more famous and precious than the soup cans? Warhol. I don't know D about, uh, about art, but I know the soup cans. Dollar work. Let's see. Um, our collector Richard L. Weissman waves a twenty-five million dollar insurance policy on stolen paintings because of the hassle. A war marketplace, a Warhol painting could fetch up to two hundred million. <laughs> what? No, this can't be real. Okay, are you talking? <laughs> so his Marilyn Monroe thing? Yeah, yeah. Andy Warhol's shot sage blue Marilyn sold for 195 million on Monday, making the portrait of Marilyn Monroe the most expensive work by a U.S. artist ever sold at auction. Mm. Do you know how many strikers Frank Lampard bought for 200 million? Yeah, that's like two mudricks. <laughs> Although I, I would say that the the paintings movement is better than mudricks right now. Ooh. Got him. Got him. Uh, let's right. see, JJ. Let's get to a couple things here before um, before we end this on the night. Um, the first one, so we, we referenced this a little bit beforehand. Over the weekend in the New York Red Bulls San Jose earthquake match, um, there was a quite a bit of ugliness as uh, you could you could see as you were watching the game, a thing happened and suddenly Jeremy Abobasi was was irate. And it was clear who he was irate with, Dante Van Zier of the Red Bulls. Um, and then 20 minutes went by of kind of deliberating and discussing what went on. And there was a little bit of confusion, but we all know now uh, something racist was said by Van Zier. We yes. don't know what exactly. But in talking about this, there's there it may be unclear as to what exactly was said, but there is... No confusion with the fact that something was said. Yes. Multiple statements have been released. Uh, apologies have been issued. Um, we may never know what exactly it was, but we know that it was something pretty bad and racist. Um, now, so it, like in the days since Van Zier, has, he has now stepped away from the club. He doesn't want to be a distraction. Uh, I don't know what that means, exactly how long he'll be out for. It's kind of there's there's no time period associated with it. Um, I think that that's that's right. Go, go. just go. Um, so I'm I'm fine with that. But in terms of the way things played out in real time, JJ, I don't. It's hard to put yourself in someone else's shoes, but boy, I can't help but think that when Gerhard Stuper goes back and and looks at the way this played out, he's gonna be 
he's got to be pretty ashamed of the way this happened and the way I, I would say he conducted himself in this. I mean, he's got players there. There Again, there was no confusion over what it was that occurred here. He's got his own goalkeeper in his face. Again, I can't read lips. I can't tell you for sure. But damn, does it look like his goalkeeper is telling him to get Van Zier out. Get him out. He's imploring Stuber, and Stuber's waving him off and leaves Van Zier on the field for the remainder mm. of the game. What is he doing? Get him out. There was no confusion in the moment. We all knew what everyone on the field knew what had taken place. Now, if the referee, I don't know if Stuber is behind, if he want, if he was in the moment hiding behind the fact that this is not my job to litigate this. There's a referee here for that decision. Well, is it your job to be a human being in a situation like this? I don't know. I think with with the benefit of hindsight he i would like to believe i know he's issued statements since uh but i'd like to think that he's he is ashamed with his own actions uh in this and i don't want to make it solely about him van zier is the villain here but you know there are also there are others who can kind of be in the wrong in a moment like this and i think the manager of this club did not did not cover himself in any semblance of glory with the way he handled this no i think I think if he if he had his time again, he would have done what was being urged by by his players to do. Just get him out of the place, get him off the field. Um, and he didn't. And uh, like Banzier, twenty four years of age. You know he's come to MLS probably thinking, how can I, you know, kickstart my career? How can I get things going? And he does something like this, like. There's a good argument that the Red Bulls just get rid. Just get rid. Yeah, I don't. What what, what a mean, message that what a message that would send. You know. Yeah, I and I don't, I don't think anybody would object. I mean, well, I say that I would like to think that, but, um, and 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 I know there'll be people out there. There's always people out there. Well, you know, guys make mistakes. People make mistakes. They sure do, but like they also are accountable for those mistakes. Getting a second chance doesn't mean he gets a second chance at the Red Bulls. Right. Or in America. It's not that's not the way the world works. I don't know. I think it might be just the message it would send would be we don't tolerate this stuff in this. That's league. that's the thing. If they're gonna if if they're gonna trot out this policy of zero tolerance, well that means he's show gone. us show us what that means. See ya. That would be my view, and and uh, again, I I hear the people coming towards you know, well, he, the kid's twenty four, you know, he's just like, I don't, I mean, okay, fine, but we're having this repetitive and frustrating conversation about what we do, and that stronger action needs to be taken. Nothing stronger than saying your contract's terminated, you're out the league. And by the way, the way the league is set up, it's not like individual clubs; they're not. They're all part of a one single entity whole. Yeah. All the owners have a say in this. Out. See ya. Bye. Yeah. Now, now, short of that, if the league doesn't take that kind of action, what is what is the punishment then? Ten games. Again, I, I don't know. How do you put a how do you put a a, a, a game number on racial uh, on a racial epithet? How do you do it? I don't know. I don't know either. But there will be, but some, but there will be one. 
this is not going to be just allowed to happen. You can return when you're ready. It's not the league will have a say. I I understand that. I get that. I just think when we go down the road of like, okay, so a guy does a two footed lunge, breaks a leg, re- reckless behavior. We we give him three games and we tack on an extra two because it was so out of the pale. Right. That's those are the those are the in uh, the in, the rules for such an infraction. These are the suspensions for such an infraction. This is different. It just is. Dehumanizing another player on the field with racial abuse, which is, which we've we keep saying it's abhorrent and oh look at our league and all the you know the initiatives we do. All right, here's an initiative. Zero tolerance means out. See ya. Yeah. Uh we'll see what action they choose to take. Um, but give him like give him his day, give him his hearing, go through the full process, have the full investigation, do the whole thing. But if he did say it, and and the conclusion you come to is a ten game match or ten game ban, I don't know how that changes anything. Or, I mean, we know some some of the the fan bases are particularly active against this kind of stuff, like Portland. Imagine he shows up in Portland, and see what happens to him. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It was ugly. Yeah. The whole the, the whole, whole scene was ugly, and um, we'll see what the resolution is. Uh, but these things, like we think about, oh, it, this is happening in abroad, and and there, it's here too. It oh, is God, a problem it's, here. It's, it is it's, it's absolutely abs- a problem here. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's yeah. it's across every strand and every strat of society. It's here. Yeah. Um. Let's see a couple other things. JJ don't have too much on this. The U.S. men named their squad for the uh, the April nineteenth friendly against Mexico. Uh, clubs, of course, it should be noted when you were looking at the 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 squad for this. Uh, clubs were not required to release players. This is outside of any f- official FIFA windows. But um, but Serginho Dest was included. This is I don't know where this career is headed. He's still so young. This guy, mm. but AC Milan clearly has no use for him. Um, Anthony oh, Hudson, they they had communication with the club, and he is just not—he's not playing there. So go ahead, US, take him. We don't—we've got no use for him. His only value to Barcelona, who he's on loan from, is whatever they can sell him for after his loan is up, because they've got no use for him. No. I don't like. I still—I don't know. I still—I think he's a quality right back, but I think he's probably not an out-and-out defender and. But like going forward, he, we've seen him do things. He can do things. Yeah, he's, he's a um, really clean striker of a ball. He's technically good. Like, where do you where? So where to? Like, what's the right kind of club for him? Is it kind of like a mid-table Bundesliga side? Should he go back to the Dutch Eredivisie where it kind of all started for him? But don't um, forget, like he was in his infancy at Ajax. He was just getting going at Ajax, and then he right. was gone. So we never got to see him. For a prolonged period, I don't know. I really don't. Yeah, I think. I mean, by the sounds of it, he'll take whatever he can get. I, yeah, I mean, I'd ima- I imagine he stays in Europe. I'd certainly think he's good enough for that. Well, I mean, um, he's European. He's Dutch, so he's 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 never known any other football. Right, right. I'm just saying, as opposed to like you know, come come home to MLS, something like that. Like, no, I think I think he should be playing still in the. He's twenty two. There's more. Yeah. There's definitely more football in him. He just, just interesting that these. I don't know. He's they got no use for him. So I, I found his inclusion in this team to be 
noteworthy to me. And then um, Brian Scaretta uh, has a he, he did a good job. He kind of did a write up on the squad of some of the things that were interesting to him. And he pointed something out that was very interesting to me, at least. Um, this is, you know, it's not a World Cup summer. Obviously, that was it was a World Cup winter, but this is still going to be a pretty busy summer for the American men Definitely. between the, the Nations League and the Gold Cup. And as it stands now, we don't know what Tyler Adams status is going to be for either of those things. He may not be available at all this summer. Um, so that opens up an interesting hole. And one of the players who was included with uh, with this team was Kellen Acosta. And, you know, thinking about his role and Tyler Adams' role and just the possibility of of who is gonna, that's going to fill that, I don't know, like friendlies like this against Mexico – to most of us, even though it's against Mexico, it's not going to feel very important. Uh, the guys out there won't be the usual guys. But I think that games like this could still be very important for guys like Kellen Acosta if he wants to prove not just that he should be on the the, the teams this summer, which he will be, but if he should be starting for them, I think you know performances in games like this will matter. Yeah, uh, so. and uh, just, just a quick one. You, you see some what I would call try guys guys that come in every now and again and we try and plug them into midfield and see if they'll work this time. So you got your Jackson Ewells, your James Sands, your Christian Roldans, you know, so it's very much that that's the kind of squad we're looking at here, guys. Um, JJ Liverpool reversing course on Jude Bellingham. They are, they've, they've announced they're out. They're not interested. It's over whatever pursuit there was. They're not doing it. Um, Your thoughts on the, on this approach. Um, like obviously the the bid that Liverpool put in was so far off what the expectation was from Dortmund, and then the the outlay that Dortmund had suggested Liverpool would need to make to bring the player there has obviously spooked Liverpool, and they they don't want to operate like that. They see that there are other areas of need, and that they need to be able to spread the lolly around, and that they can't put it all into one player. And I would tend to agree with them. My only issue is who have you identified? Who are the who are the players who are gonna gonna come in and and um, players? Not it's not gonna take. By the way, I kind of agree with it. Like I want Bellingham, but not at any cost, because there are so many other areas of need that need addressing, and um, and we know the way FSG operate. It, it just won't be. It won't be a case of let's go all out and get this guy, this one guy, whatever it takes. Won't be the case. It's really that simple. Uh, and then finally, Leicester City, it's going to be Dean Smith taking over. Um, but for me, the most interesting part is who won't be taking over. Jesse Marsh, who was very closely linked with this. And for a while there, it seemed like he was in line to get this job. But I'm reading now from Leeds Live, JJ. I love talk- Leeds Live. Yeah, I- I'm a very loyal reader of it. Uh, they wrote this about Marsh. They said the American was reportedly, quote, not convinced by the Fox's performance in their 1-0 loss to Bournemouth on Saturday afternoon and therefore decided to cut off talks despite them being in an advanced stage. <laughs> wow. Uh, now, Richard Keyes weighed in. Of course he did. <laughs> he has many thoughts, mm-hmm. all of which are quite predictable, I would say. He talks about Marsh and says this in the wake of that report. He said, I'd love I'd love it if someone would explain to me how it is that a man recently sacked by a club battling for their Premier League lives has the temerity to turn down two offers to stay in England, and continue to work in the Premier League. Marsh must really rate himself. Uh, the two offers, the other being Southampton. Remember when that job came free and he didn't want that. 
Um, now, Keys, he kind of excuses the Southampton one because the contract was apparently only till the end of the season, although he doesn't fully uh, exonerate him for that. But then he he says this about Lester. Um, he said, we're told terms were all but agreed on a three-year deal, but then Marsh watched the defeat by Bournemouth, and after a long consultation with his coaches, he decided to back away. And I'm quoting from what I've read, Marsh didn't want to work in the championship next season. Who does he think he is? Seriously, what is Marsh waiting for? I don't see him getting another offer to work in the Premier League. I mean, I wouldn't be as bombastic about it as Richard Keyes, but there is still the Olivia Soprano feel to this. Oh, what makes you so special? You know, uh, why not? Why would he not want to work in the championship? But so I I agree with you. I kind of say this through clenched teeth. I kind of agree with Richard. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. So the thing that doesn't totally compute with me, like, Keys is right in in the the way he says like who does he think he is he must really rate himself, but then I think about him like well how much does he rate himself, like it's not a lock that Lester are going down, so who's to say, like if you're Jesse Marsh and you really rate yourself, then like shouldn't he think that well if I'm in charge this club's not going down right exactly like it's again they're they're fighting. They're in, I mean, they're 19th. They're four back of, of 16th place leads. Um, or they're two back of Forest, who are 18th, and two back of Everton, who are 17th. So that's where they need to get. By the way, they they control the goal dif- they, they have the goal difference edge with everybody except West Ham, who they're tied with. But the important ones are are Forest and Everton right now, Everton especially, and they have the edge there. So if they all they need is the, the two point difference to be made up. They're only four back of 16th, five back of 15th, and 14th. Uh six um Six back of Wolves, but like, I don't, they still play Wolves, Leeds, Everton, and West Ham. I don't know, just like Jesse Marsh. Do you, I don't know, do you believe in yourself as a great manager or not? Yeah. Because everything, everything that, th- that this says to me is that, yeah, I'm the, I'm the S. Like, I deserve like good jobs. Well, you kind of need to prove that after what happened at Leeds. And I think, Pulling Lester out of the relegation zone, which I think is eminently possible, I think he he would have sent that message. And I'm kind of surprised that he wasn't willing to take on the challenge. I don't know. He must have intelligence out there that there's something coming to him that we don't know. But on the surface, I see that as a as an opportunity for him to kind of been able to to reprove uh, that he can coach in this league. And I think he could have done a decent job. The big thing that came out of one of the uh, reports why he turned down Southampton is that he talked to them and he realized this board don't know what they want and I don't want to be a part of that. I want a board with a clear vision. So at least there's some reasoning there. I'm wondering if with Leicester, something similar came across his mind and he's like, uh-uh, this is not good. Or maybe the financials are way worse than we know. Maybe they're so far bad that even if he goes down the parachute payments, he'll have to get rid of all the players They won't be able to to uh, do a Burnley on it. Maybe you know something like that. Opta Analyst. Terrifying stats. On the 7th of March. The 7th of March. It's a, a month ago. Yeah. Leicester City's chances of relegation stood at just 7.7%, according to our supercomputer. Now the Foxes have a 50.9% chance of being demoted to the championship. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, it happened fast there, didn't it? It did. And, you know, they had the bad start. They had this mini revival under Rodgers that you thought they were going to be okay. And then the arse fall out, fell out of it completely. So they are, yeah, they're in bother, man. Were you surprised at all when the initial report came out that Leicester were in talks with Marsh? Gary Lineker tweeted. Uh, he tweeted off of that tweet from Fabrizio Romano. He quote tweeted it and wrote, really? Kind of, yeah. I mean... This is a guy. But then he who, seemed he then seemed quite excited when there was a report that it was going to be Rafa Benitez that they were in talks with. I mean, I guess Rafa has somewhat of a record of stabilizing clubs. Uh, maybe not the last one, but I think they're unstabilized. You can, it's impossible to stabilize Everton. But like, yeah. maybe that's what he what he thought. It's it's just the feel about Marsh. Leipzig didn't go well, okay. Then he just gets the Leeds job. You're like, what? And not only that, he replaces Bielsa. And then, okay, he keeps them up. Then the next season, they're in exactly the same position. And he looks like he won't keep them up the second time. And now he's getting another job in a relegation. Like he's not, he has no CV to suggest he can lift people out of relegation battles. Most of his coaching career has either been with teams that, in, in the case of um, Salzburg, a team that's not going to be relegated is going to be at the top of the league, or in the case of the Red Bulls, a team that can't be relegated. So I don't know where he's got this 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 interest as a fixer. Is what I'm. I'm, I'm fascinated to see where he goes next. I'll tell you these. He will. He'll get it. He's going to manage again. Yeah, I, sure. I can't wait to. See, I, and I rate him. Like I like Jesse Marsh. I like him. He's too, a good manager. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I don't get. Dean Smith. <laughs> okay. Well, he obviously wasn't their first choice. Definitely wasn't. Uh, Dean Smith had been appointed. Uh, quotes. The appointment will see the return of Craig Shakespeare to the Leicester City dugout. Ah. Coaching staff will also include former England captain John Terry. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, he's going for a job forever, but doesn't seem to be his legendary status at Chelsea Football Club does not appear to be able to parlay into anything other than... I mean, he was Dean Smith's assistant at Villa uh, when they went up, so maybe that's... I'm, I'm sure that's a part well, of it. Yeah, that, that's it. Right. That's You've it. solved it. Okay. Jeez. Well, I mean... Like, You're going to sass me to finish the show? <laughs> You're puttering around with the with, with the answer. Come it's on, there. it's time for bed. I know, I'm wiped. I'm exhausted. Um, how did you sleep the other night when I called you and read the uh, box scores to you? Uh, really well, actually. Good. Really Good. well. I I woke up and I could have been in Philadelphia. I'll send you a recording. But uh, by the way, speaking of which, I actually I have procured tickets to Game Two, Sixers Nets in Philly. I'm going. Oh, love, lovely. Yeah, I can't wait. That's nice. Because because return- because I don't live in Philadelphia anymore. Every time I see like the Sixers or Eagles or Phillies, it's always in a visiting venue where I'm just like one guy cheering by myself. I can't wait to actually be in Philly for a playoff game surrounded by my people. I can't wait. I'm so and you, excited. And you were, at one time, you were hardcore. Like, hardcore. I'm, what do you mean at one time? I've never felt so insulted. You're not You're not a season ticket holder anymore. Well, no, but I'm a, I'm an absolute obsessive diehard die fan. Look, you can say what you want about me as a father or a <laughs> husband, but I'll be damned if or you sit lover. here and criticize my fandom. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying at one point you were always there. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up. Yeah, I was yeah. there all the time. Uh, you, the Iverson years. Oh, my God. So much yeah. fun. So, so good. 
so 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 good, so good. Alan Iverson <laughs> stepping over man on the floor so yeah. so good so so good so so good uh this podcast so so good so so good we were definitely Dagenham and Redbridge tonight we uh we have left all of you emotionally exhausted with this performance JJ I had a great time I love talking about the Champions League second legs still to come hopefully drama will happen but we'll see only time will tell the competition always delivers I don't know maybe this is all building up for like the greatest final in the history of the sport maybe they're saving it all for that day would you take that would you take a really crappy knockout stage all the way through if it if it presented you with one of the with the greatest Champions League final we've ever seen I'll take that absolutely I'll take that because we've been spoiled the last few years with the knockout rounds Maybe it's now the finals turn to be like his last year's final wasn't that good. Like if, just... like if this final, if it's like four one in the 50th and the team trailing comes back to tie it four four goes to extra time. Um, do we get to penalties or is that not really? A no, we don't want like, penalties. We don't want. So we want something else crazy to happen. Uh, high, lots of things kicking of of soccer balls and such i don't know oh. i i've run out of we want all of that yeah. all of that but the real drama is tonight when todd has a quandary with his wife you can see it live after this broadcast of this ball game the todd father tonight the todd father it's hey. suburban dad but he's going <laughs> a bit crazy oh al that guy todd father i love that show Hey, this was fun, man. I enjoyed this very much. JJ, to you, I say... Check you later, Chris. I'll see you. Bye. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.